everybody, and welcome to the first recording of our new Bible study series called The Songs We Sing. And if you're one of the 10 people listening, you probably know me, but just on the off chance that you don't. I'm John Lemons, a minister of young adults here at First Baptist Church of Huntsville. I'm joined by Sam Maxwell, who is our resident to, or I guess ministry, young adult ministry resident, not resident to the young adult Mm-hmm. You're not the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> My bad. Young adult ministry resident, mm-hmm. Sam Maxwell, and our brand new um, minister of contemporary worship, Charlie Lowry. Or you can see on the little, if you're watching on the video, it says Charlie Woods, but we've gone through that. But if you want to take a moment, Charlie, just real quickly to explain, to explain that for us. Yeah, so I'm not two people. I'm definitely one person. Um, And I also don't have double identities. But I um, have a career in Nashville and have been promoted as a commercial artist for almost a decade now and and now independent. But that whole name and what I'm known for um, in terms of my music and in terms of my career is Charlie Woods. But I love blending my career in with my ministry and because that is what it is. So Anything associated that's mainly just ministry stuff is more in the Charlie Lowry space because that was the music came first and the ministry came after, just to put it simply. But yeah, yeah. same person. Awesome. And so if you're watching, um, you'll see it say Charlie Woods, but we know her as Charlie Lowry, and uh, and we'll just um, we'll just say Charlie. So um, yeah. As we're as we're going today, you know, so like I said, the series is called the songs we sing. Um, so what we're going to do throughout this is take a look at different songs that we'll sing or maybe that you hear in worship or on a Pandora or Spotify station or whatever. Um, we'll take a look at, you know, what were the circumstances behind writing the song? What was the history of the song? Um, we'll take a look at why does it resonate with people or why maybe it resonates with us and hopefully with you. And then we'll take a look at, you know, what are the biblical parallels to that or um, some of the backgrounds to the lyrics and how they might uh line up with what we find taught in scripture. So the first song that we're doing um, that we're kicking this off with is a song called I Shall Not Want by Audrey Assad. It came out on an album about seven years ago. That would be 2013. And uh, if you're not familiar with the song, um, you'll love it as soon as you hear it. But uh, we'll put the lyrics in the show notes or uh, if you're watching by video, we'll just kind of put it in the content of the video post um, and you'll hear a version of it at the end of today's recording. Um, as we go into that, so again, the song's called I Shall Not Want. Um, Sam found some really great background info on that. So I'm going to turn it over to him real quick. Sam, walk us through um, kind of what were the circumstances behind the writing of this song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so interestingly, there's kind of this this big um, grand context around not just the song, but also the album. Um, so the song I Shall Not Want came from Audrey Assad's 2013 release, Fortunate Fall. And she said within that album, there's kind of two sections or two main movements. Um, And I Shall Not Want comes from the second movement in the second half that kind of focuses around Psalm 23. And most of these songs find their basis in there. Despite that, however, she said that the the real impetus for the song came from something else, even though it might talk to Psalm 23 a little bit. And she said it largely comes from the litany of humility. So for our listeners or viewers who may not know, a litany is not necessarily a song. It kind of feels a little bit more like a psalm so much, P-S-A-L-M, not S-O-N-G. Um, 
and you see it a lot in Catholic church or high church traditions. Um, it can be used in services, but is largely used for personal formation and personal quiet time. And so just to give you a taste of what a, a litany looks like, and particularly the litany of humility, the first couple of lines go like this. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desires of being loved, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, O Jesus. So there's this kind of back and forth, a petition and then a response. Um, but largely, this is all about deliverance from desiring love, deliverance from desiring to want to be esteemed, to be preferred, to have approval of other people, and even deliverance from a lot of fears that come along with it, fears of being forgotten, despised, humiliated, so on and so forth. And what you may not know is Audrey's actually a practicing Catholic. So it makes sense that she's spending a lot of time with this. And so as she's writing these songs, she's listening and praying this litany and she's just really wrestling with it. She says that it's, it's just such a difficult thing to want to say less of me and more of you, God. And then at the end of the litany, and you hear it even in this song, there's less of me so that other people can be promoted so that, you know, God bless them. You know, don't worry about me. I'm, you know, let me be under you. Um, and as you listen to the song, one of the things that sticks back or sticks out that gets us back to Psalm 23, Psalm 23 is this phrasing that we continually hear kind of at the end of each little stanza. It says, I shall not want. Um, I don't want to get into too much of it right now because I know we'll have some further discussion later on, but it kind of goes back to this idea you see, see in Psalm 23 that our good shepherd Jesus produces in us a want for nothing. So despite these challenges or whatever else, we don't need what the world might offer because our in our good shepherd, we lack for nothing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, so I would say like Charlie, as a song writer, as a uh, song singer, like what is it about the song and about the history of it that sort of resonates with you? Yeah, so uh, the way that it really connects with me is kind of twofold. For one, the production in itself is just incredible. Um, I'm someone, my music and my kind of core sound as an artist is one that's a lot more broken down and acoustic. Earlier in my career, uh, I was pushed as a commercial country artist with like a full band and toured with that, which was fun. But when I became independent, I really found my love for just a trio setup or just an acoustic setup. I really got to know my, my acoustic guitar a lot more and started experimenting with different tunings. If you're there at First Fellowship Service, by the way, you'll probably notice the tuning that I play from with my acoustic guitar is called Dadgad, which is kind of a different than standard kind of thing. But anyway, um, so no my first means, observation but... of this, <laughs> that's okay. It's for, it's for the music heads, uh, for the dorks out there like me. But it resonates a different kind of sound because you're doing a different different notes on the string for, for the guitar. But anyway, um, I found my love for that of really breaking down a production to be something a lot more raw and heartfelt and, and bringing simplicity back to a production. And I Shall Not Want is one that does that amazingly because it's, I mean, at points of the song, it's huge. There's strings in there. There's... Um, Vocal parts are incredible. The harmonies are amazing. 
Um, so in, in a sense, it's large, but it's, it's still very simple as well, including the songwriting. I mean, it's, it's very, rather repetitive when you read it on, on a script, but it's, um, or in script, I should say. It's so powerful in that, though. So that's for one. That, I resonate so much with it, with its production and how it's packaged and the way that it's written. As a songwriter, I could go on and on about just the beauty of simplicity in songs. That is, that is my soapbox <laughs> as a as a writer in Nashville. Like that's my thing. And if you get in a room with me, that's what I'm going to spend my time talking about. Is how you should really just simplify things. But anyway, the other side of it, and the way that it resonates with me, is completely personal. Um, we, I don't know if you did this on purpose, but you happened to pick my favorite song as the first one that we're kicking off. Um, I have long connected with this um, since I first heard it, but more so in this new season that I've been in here with FBC actually. Um, and the way that I kind of covered it during my time of interviewing with Travis and, and meeting the church was repeating this um, almost a mantra of sorts of relinquishing my desires. And that was the season that I just recently came out from is um, I was Towards the end of last year, I had some things in place. I was not serving full-time in ministry, but mainly just as an a la carte worship leader is what I like to call it. Is I would, I'd be the worship leader that's like jumping around every Sunday going to whichever campus had hired me that week. And I was happy with that. And I am a travel bug. So it, like, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. And it comes naturally. But um, I was doing that because it fit around something that I desired for a really long time, which was to become like financially stable and financially independent with my inner stuff that I wanted to make, you know, being an, I've been an entrepreneur for so long and was making and creating something that actually found itself in an online course that it, it took place in um, creating content for people to teach them some things about the music business. And I was really excited about it. I had worked on it for years. I had gotten investors involved. Like it was, it had turned into a pretty big deal, but it all really revolved around what I wanted it to be. And though my intent was, it's, it's almost as if I could have, I convinced myself that my intent was pure and well, God gave me this gift. God gave me this, this, skill, this strength to help. And I want to do it to help others. So what if I collect a really awesome paycheck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of my, um, that was my voice in that period. And my, my heart was really changing into that. And I never, um, now looking back in hindsight, I can observe how that was not what God had for me. But in the, in the moment, it was really difficult to see that there was any wrong in that. The, like I said, because God actually gave me that vision. It, it was a, a vision and a plan for something that was completely ordained by him. So end of last year, I end up attending this conference at the end of summer, actually, around September in Oklahoma. And I'd had an encounter with God there. And he had told me um, just to let it go and just to stop it, to drop it. And I, it was just one of those typical, like, come to Jesus things where I'm like, but wait, um well hold on yeah <laughs> are you sure god like you told me that this was from you you told me to do this and i want this and your word says that you will give me the desires of my heart and so i kept throwing that out and throwing that back at him and he says if you trust me and you put your full faith in me 
I will give these back to you, but you have to give them to me first. And it's that typical, like, y'all you, you, seen that illustration of the, the girl with holding the teddy bear and she's like, but God, I want it so bad. And then Jesus is standing in front of her and has this giant teddy bear behind his back. Have you seen that? I think I have seen that. Yeah, it's, it's a really sweet illustration of what the message that God is trying to teach us of what, what I believe faith means and relinquishing our desires to him. So I, I decided to, I did, and it was embarrassing. I felt really ashamed. Um, I had students lined up and I literally just had to tell, tell them, I can't really explain why I'm doing this, but I can't. Um, it turns out this is, this is not the right time. And thankfully, they were really good people, and they, they really did understand the circumstance. Um, but the moment that I did, the moment that I canceled the class, like literally, it was the week after that I had gotten um, a job offer in Nashville, and then soon after the job offer in Huntsville, which is why I'm here now. So it, the way this ties into the song, I know this is super, super long ended answer, but this is what you get for picking my favorite song first. Nice. Um, <laughs> it. It, the reason it resonates with this song is, for one, when I started listening, I heard the song uh, around the time it came out, and then now more recently, when I was going through this season. And when I listened to it more recently, it just had a whole new meaning to me. And I, to this day, I cannot listen to Audrey Assad's version without having like an actual emotional visceral reaction. Like it's, there's something that's tied to my heart with this song of experiencing the result of relinquishing my desires to God. And the, the, the last thing that I'll share too, I forget who it is. It, I don't want to credit someone who, where credit is it due, but there was someone and actually a female leader in the ministry space who um, has a really good observation on that scripture of uh, the Lord um, giving us the desires of our heart. Most of us interpret that as meaning he'll give us the things that we want. Mm -hmm. um, if we want something, God will give it to us. And he is a good father and he's merciful and he's kind. So he is those things. But actually, it's the idea of, of learning to interpret that scripture as a, in a different way. More so, he will change our desires to be that of what he wants for us. And I think to me, that's what that song gets down to. And I might be doing your job at this point, but that's, what, that's literally how it just, that's how it affects me and how I interpret it. And yeah, it's deep, man. I, I love this it, song. It is. It's a great song. And I think um, what it does, and so you have talked about how it sort of serves as a testimony for you and for your life. Yes. Um, Sam talked about how it, it really serves as a prayer and it is that if you read the lyrics, I mean, it is at the, you know, at its very base, it's a prayer. Um, and I think what's beautiful about it is it captures so much of what I think um, young adulthood is about being in your twenties and being in your thirties, because that time of your life is really when you boil it down, it's about coming to terms with your dreams. And so from so many of us, um, life doesn't quite turn out the way that we thought it would when we were 20. Um, mm -hmm. And so what do you, what do you do with that? And sometimes, sometimes you get the thing that, that you were chasing and our culture glorifies that and um, holds that up as kind of the example. Um, but most often um, you don't get what you were chasing. And a lot of it comes down to luck and things that are out of your hands. 
And, um, and then, and then you have to decide, you know, what, am I going to be happy with, with what I have? Um, I think it's a song that teaches us to hold life with a, with an open hand, so to speak, um, to, to be okay with, you know, where you might be when you're my age, when you're 40, you know, (laughs) you know, it's great to have dreams and it's great to be devoted to your dreams. But, um, I think also there's a danger in being so devoted to them that you miss out on your own life, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, or what so, God has for you. Right, right, exactly. I think that's really important. So I think that, I think this song probably naturally resonates uh, really well with those in performative industries like music or like being a pastor. I mean, the reason why mm-hmm. um, we get into ministry is because we feel like, um, you know, we want to serve God. We want to serve people. We want to change people's lives or, you know, want their lives to be changed. And, and then when you're in the middle of that, praise feels good. Uh, confirmation feels good. Um, but what do you do when you're, tr- when you're, you know, sold out to that mission and there's no praise um, or you feel like, you know, you're, you know, people are, are getting upset with, with what you're doing. Um, but mm-hmm. I think, so, so I think it resonates with us in, in industries like this, but I think also, we are in such a performative society that it resonates with just, you know, I'll just say regular people now. because yeah. yeah, I mean like they're like Instagram influencers are a thing like nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, our, yeah. our grandmothers had to worry about comparing themselves to the woman on the cover of red book in the grocery store aisle. Like yeah. we have to compare ourselves to each other because everybody's life details is on social media. Um, so, so this now become a performance. Right. So this, this now is a prayer um, saying, Lord, deliver me from that. And so I think it has that capability of resonating with all of us the way that you talked about. Um, yeah. and, and as Sam alluded to, like, it's a prayer uh, mm-hmm. for us to, to say, hey, let me find my worth and my value and my yeah. validation in who Jesus says I am. Um, you know, one of the things Emily and I talk about all the time, Emily being my wife, um, I have, I have, um, arrived at a point, I guess, I don't want to say I arrived, but I'm at a place where, where, um, you know, we will say the more that, that we kind of settle into being, you know, full grown adults or whatever, um, the more we realize that everybody's still in high school. And so what I mean by that is like, we're all still looking for, we want to be liked. We want people to tell us that we matter. We want to be validated. And that's why we get into like our echo chambers, um, that's why we really get angry or upset with people who disagree with us because we're looking for our validation there. And so this becomes a prayer of, of delivering us from that. And so if you're in your forties, like I am, um, then, then it can be like, I, you know, my career's half over. I'm probably not going to accomplish the dreams that I thought I was going to, or that I set out wanting to accomplish, but like, am I okay with that? Or if you're in your thirties and, you know, you're going through career change or you're, um, you're a stay-at-home parent who's, who's questioning like, man, should I have done this? Because I'm looking at, you know, I'm comparing myself to someone I went to school with who stayed in their career and they're mm-hmm. accomplishing so much. And then that person's wondering like, well, should I, have, you know, stayed home with my kids more? Um, all the way down to, you know, being in your 20s and setting out in life and you know, wondering what is, you know, on the horizon for you and being okay with with what's there. So 
we get into the Bible um, side of things, and, and obviously, yeah, there's parallels to Psalm 23. It did make me think of, of that. Um, it really made me think about the economy of God, um, where, you know, we find in, in um, the New Testament uh, where Jesus says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Um, the scripture tells us that the Lord humbles the exalted and exalts the humble. Um, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount that, you know, uh, when you when you pray, when you fast, don't do it like the Pharisees do or don't do it like uh, um, the, uh, the authorities do and, and be loud and boast about it, but do it in secret. Um, if you boast about it, that's the reward that you will get. And so it makes me think about, again, back into to ministry. Um, there's a character in the Bible that most of us probably uh, have never heard of um, named Eliab. I, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but if you lived when he lived, you would have known who he was because he was, he was handsome. He was strong. He would have been, you know, the, the person that you're like, Oh, he's going to be King someday. But none of us know who he is, even though you would have known who he was. Absolutely. If you lived in his time, but we all know his scrawny little brother, his scrawny little brother is David. And you know, that's where we have the famous passage that the man looks on the outside. The Lord look, looks at the heart. Um, the other scriptural um, parallel it made me think of was the life of the prophet Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah is a tough book to read um, if you ever try to read straight through it, but it's also a great book because Jeremiah is someone who ministered um, scholar cells for like 40 to 50 years and had no positive response to his ministry that we know of. Um, nobody responded to the messages he gave um, with repentance or with turning to the Lord. Um, and at the same time, Jeremiah exists, or Jeremiah lived were other false prophets um, that were saying messages that the people did, did um, uh, buy into that turned out to be false, obviously. Uh, and, and if, if that was happening now, Jeremiah would not have been the guy that um, would have gotten the Christian publishers to come say, Hey, like write us a book, or he wouldn't have been the keynote speaker at the Christian conference. Um, because he had no response to his ministry. Like nobody responded to anything that he did positively. But in God's economy, um, you know, this idea of delivering me from, you know, this praise of, of humankind, um, what does Jeremiah end up with? Well, his words are preserved for us in scripture. Yeah, he, could, he does get a book. He gets a book of the Bible. And uh, God rewards him with that and his faithfulness with that. And the guys that were around in his time that everybody knew about, um, none of us know who they are now. We might know their name, but that's about it. Whereas Jeremiah, his faithfulness to the Lord is rewarded. So to me, this, that's what that, this song is, really. It's a call to remind ourselves constantly that the praise of the world around us doesn't matter. Um, and then a call to remember our worth, our value, and our validation is really found in the Lord and what we do uh, for Him. So, And if I could add to that, John, too, like it's, I think a really important part of this song too is the wording. Like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one to make it simple, but I've always loved the use of the word deliver in in this or deliverance, mm -hmm. um, because it it's not you know it, she could have I'm not sure who wrote it with her. I, there might have been something to have written it with her, but I think she she if she wrote this by herself, she could have just said, um, you know, take these away from me or like here um or please take these woes away god 
No, it was deliver me from these things. And I think yeah. that's really, that's important. That this, this, the descriptor of to be delivered from something means that those things are, you're saved from that. And it's um, cut off. Like it's, and it's all, almost on a platter. Like you, you visualize a butler coming or a servant coming and delivering you to Jesus away from these things. And it mm-hmm. took that savior to do so. Like, I just, I love, I love the use of the word deliver in this song for sure. That's yeah, great. It's a very, very biblical term. Um, yeah. So, well, uh, that's kind of it for now. Is there any, any closing thoughts, Sam or Charlie, before we, before we finish this off? Yeah. I mean, back to what you were saying, John, when you were kind of going over the scripture pieces, um, Paul says something I think very poignant in the book of Romans where he asks, you know, what is it, what was so great about the Hebrews, the Israelites that made God choose them. And, you know, he makes all these examples. He says, well, you know, which one, you know, God chose who he was going to bless while they were still in the womb before they had a chance to even do anything. Right. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's more of a, what do you do when you come out when you're in life? And it's more of, you know, God's going to choose who he chooses. um, And that there's more than, you know, being the best at what you do or, you know, making sure that your kid goes to all the best programs to make sure that they can go to the best schools to make you look better as a parent or whatever else. Um, And I think one of the things that we really didn't touch on is the second half of the song, which is corresponds with the second half of the litany, where it moves from a me, 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 right? Because a large portion of it's like, deliver me from this, deliver me from this, deliver me from this, deliver me from this. And it shifts to not me, but someone else, not me, but someone else. And I think that really gets back to kind of the, the triune relationship diagram, if I can, of God's relationship with us, God's relationship with others, and that we are all connected in a way and that you can't just focus on yourself and yourself being delivered the whole time. It's kind of like during the pandemic, when you go to the grocery store, yeah, you could buy up all of the toilet paper and some people could, but what point do you say, like, I have more than what I need I'm not going to buy this because someone else is going to need it. You know, mm-hmm. let someone else have this, let someone else have what they need. I don't need it. I have everything I need in Jesus. Um, That's a great way to illustrate that. Um, really, really good thought, man. Well, thank you all for your time. Um, so what we'll do is we'll put some things in the show notes, some questions some things for our, our groups to discuss uh, through this, a little bit more uh, of the scripture references that, that we talked about today. And uh, we'll close this out um, by having a, a, a recording uh, from Charlie of this song. So if you've not heard it before, um, you'll, you'll get to hear it now in just a second. And uh, Sam, Charlie, thank you guys so much for your time. Mm-hmm. Today, we'll be back uh, at this next week with another song. And so um, for now, we'll close and we'll see everybody again. Thank y'all. Yeah, see you then. Bye. Need to be understood.
Shit. Sure.